This is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Barbara Ramirez. We want to remind you that this program broadcasts from the rightful lands of the Tiwa people. Tonight, we bring you a very special program focused on the Annie and Casey Foundation's mission, youth leadership, and community. We speak with Scott Spencer from the Annie E. Casey Foundation about his work as the Associate Director for Local Policy and the 2022 Annie E. Casey convening, which took place right here in Albuquerque. Since 1948, the Annie E. Foundation has been devoted to developing a brighter future for millions of children and young people with respect to their educational, economic, social, and health outcomes. Tonight, we also hear from three grantee organizations that attended the Annie E. Casey convening along with Generation Justice and other organizations from across the nation. We speak with Ahmad Lott, the Fellowship Coordinator at the New Orleans Youth Alliance, or NOIA, Jessica Daniels, Director of Yes for Equity at Partnership for Southern Equity, or PSE, and Daniel Robles, Deputy Field Organizer at Jolt Action Texas. In the spirit of transparency, Generation Justice is also one of many groups that have been supported by the NEE Casey Foundation. Earth Day is coming up next Saturday, April 22nd. Don't miss our weekly calendar segment to stay updated on Earth Day events. I hope you enjoyed tonight's program. This is Barbara Ramirez with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with Scott Spencer, Associate Director for Local Policy at the Annie E. Casey Foundation. In this role, he supports a national portfolio of work to advance place-based policies, practices, and strategies which aim to afford greater opportunities for children, families, and communities to succeed. Scott Spencer, welcome to Generation Justice. Thanks so much, Barbara. It's so good to have you here. So tell us more about yourself. Wow, that's a that's a loaded question. <laughs> so um, a couple of a couple of fun facts about me. I grew up uh, just outside of uh, just outside of Philadelphia, on both sides of the Delaware River. I'm the youngest of three boys. I uh, I went to school to study architecture. Uh, so my my bachelor's is in architecture. Um, I worked in architecture and community development for many years. Um, I moved to Baltimore um, nearly 30 years ago and joined the foundation nearly 20 years ago um, with my first role leading the Baltimore grant making work um, for the foundation. Um, over my 20 years there, I've been in three different roles, just taking on the role of, of overseeing our, our what we call local policy work. Um, in January of 2020, which was kind of timely, uh, but but um, the the local policy work really focuses in on supporting um, the voice at the ground level and really helping to, you know, to support those voices and their ability to inform and influence uh, policy changes and policies that impact their lives. Um, and so that's that's actually kind of uh, very much the fun thing for me to do. I mean, I've always been in lots of ways, sort of an on the ground person. So this this really is um, a great way to sort of uh, bring that work forward. Thank you so much. I'd like to learn more about the history and the mission of the Annie Casey Foundation. 
Well, um, the the foundation uh, was founded in 1948, um, and it was founded uh, primarily because the founder's family grew up facing struggles. Um, uh, Annie E. Uh, Casey became a single mother. She was not she was not always a single mother, but she became a single mother, and her family struck she struggled to keep her family together. Um, and recognizing that her son and siblings um, and brothers and sister formed a foundation in 1948. Um, and the mission was really focused on helping children and families succeed in, in, in sort of the large sense. The foundation has had, um, you know, many, has grown in many ways over the years and it's moved. I mean, we started out in Seattle, uh, we moved to Connecticut, and then in the 90s, we moved to Baltimore. And um, and while um, the work has evolved, the mission, the the core mission of the family, focused on on improving uh, the conditions and the opportunities for children and families and communities in the United States to succeed, has never wavered. Um, and and so um, it's been a pleasure to have been working in, in that direction over the past twenty years. And and one other thing about the foundation, the, the way we approach our work, um, is very much data informed. Um, data informed and 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 our evolution also includes community engaged. Wow, thank you for sharing the more about the the history. So help us understand the branch of the foundation that you are now in as the associate director for local policy. So um, I am part of the policy reform and advocacy team. Uh, we call the PRA, and uh, and essentially our work in in our unit is about taking work to scale. Um, if, you know, if you understand the role of policy, there, there's a there's a, a value and a role for for programmatic work and for building evidence uh, that, that that helps you understand, um, you know, what really can work. And once you start understanding that, once you've done, you know, sort of what we call a proof of concept, you know, you may pilot something, you 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 then understand what work may refine that work. Then you take you start to understand um, what are some of the bigger things that need to change uh, within a system, within within government or within within an organization. It needs to change over time so that you can actually have a larger impact on a larger set of communities. So, you know, programs may may impact hundreds of people, policy and cha policy change can influence or impact thousands or not, if not millions of people. Uh, take, for example, uh, the work that uh, you actually helped to do around uh, the child tax credit last year, you know, and, and how the child tax credit helped to reduce childhood poverty in the United States for the time that it lasted. Part of our work is really to help helping work with communities and working with partners to advance the need for that. Part of the work that you did and part of our investment, you know, part of the investment that we that we helped to provide for you and, and sort of the engagement that you did was educating people in your community about taking up the child tax credit, which which was actually, um, you know, the take up was pretty was pretty well done throughout the United States and pretty well. And and, and as you proved in your own work. The, the difference that it made in people's lives daily. Um, that's the impact of policy, you know, is, is, is that at the end of the day, while this, there's this big concept, at the end of the day, it makes a difference in people's lives on a day-to-day -day basis.
it's so amazing to see like how everything is interconnected and like the impact of that child tax credit and earned income tax credit campaign that we did last year with youth across New Mexico, like the the why and the impact and how it benefits our communities and how necessary it is for everyone to thrive. So thank you for bringing that up. So this past year, you organized a national convening of the grantees that you partner with here in Albuquerque. Please tell us more about your vision for the NEE Casey Foundation's focus on youth and policy. Boy, so I've always had this idea and ideal of supporting a collective of youth and young adult advocates um, around the country. And and some of it is is really is about advancing the work and advancing policy. But um, uh, one thing I've learned over time is that is that um, when people are working really hard on issues that impact their lives daily, there is always a need for a mutual support system. Uh, and and so so, you know, while part of the work is about helping, you know, uh, share best practices and 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 learn from each other on how to advance policy, part of this work is also about building a community. Um, and and you know the, the folks that we have and the folks that we're we're fortunate to be able to support and work with, you know, you come from lots of places, lot, lots of different experiences, but also a lot of shared experiences. And and so one of the most one of the biggest challenging one of the biggest challenges of the period from March of 2020 until November of 2022 was that we tried to do this virtually. And and I and I'm a firm believer that there's nothing that replaces meeting people and working, you know, meeting people in person. And so we were really, really fortunate to, to be able to come uh, to New Mexico where we have a, a wealth of grantee partners, um, yourselves, New Mexico Dream Team, Southwest Organizing Project, Equality New Mexico, um, and, and others that are supportive of our state team, New Mexico Voices, NMCAN, La Placita, others like that, uh, Future Focus Education. Um, but we were able to bring a, a group of our youth and young adult grantees together, as we as we've called you, uh, before the meeting started, and um, one to get you to meet in person, um, two to share um, sort of the larger network of of where Casey's work is. So you know we brought in uh, somebody from New Mexico Voices. Um, we wanted to get your input on on something we ask of you every year, which is how to better represent your work in 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 in, uh, in in the annual survey that we ask for from our grantees uh, but but we also wanted to hear other things from you like what, what are some of the needs that you have for, from us to help you be more successful in your efforts and your work together and um, and I will say what we what we what we designed uh, was one thing what we got back was 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 an additional wealth um, I mean, the responsiveness, the energy, the um, the joy that people brought in, um, you know, the, the thoughtfulness and the consideration, um, that's not manufactured and that was not programmable. <laughs> and so um, uh, we're looking forward to doing it, you know, having having another meeting this year uh, and 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 really. Um, at the end of the day, 
we bring people together, we bring people together in this forum to help them help you do your work better. Um, and, and to find out like the best ways that we can be supportive and, and help advance our, our objectives um, and your objectives together jointly. Thank you. Yes, the, the COVID pandemic that has been so devastating, this disabling and, and deadly pandemic that we're still going through, ha it has affected us tremendously. And we've seen it in the data that just came out in the Kids Count data book. But something that New Mexicans have is this resilience. And when you were naming all the organizations, I was like, we're, we're partners and they're our friends and we collaborate and work together so many times. And I, I definitely agree that meeting in person is different. And I was able to attend the convening and it's just so good to be able to be with them and continue to collaborate and work together because we are resilient, we are powerful, we're smart. And it's just, it was so, so amazing to be able to be part of the convening. And I would like to ask you, um, what are some of the things that the grantee partners have in common, in your opinion? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, bravery. Um, I think that 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 is one of the, one of those qualities that I've just been astounded by by young people. I, I don't I don't think we were as smart as you when we were here in your age. I really don't. I I, I just stand in amaze. I really do. I stand in amazement of 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 sort of the brilliance, the savvy, the brave the braveness. Um, I think the other thing that that you have in common and things that we've learned from you um, is th that that um, that you're not leaders of the future. You're leaders now. Um, but also people who are leaders now um, need to work with leaders of another generation and, and desire to work with leaders of another generation. So this intergenerational work um, has been very important. I think that it goes across the platform of, of all the organizations that, that, we, that we, we've worked with. Um, I think you all, um, you know, th there's the, there are these intangibles um, but, but, but that become actuals, right? The, the, the creating the sense of agency um, um, elevating um, youth voice um, and 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 sort of their own value or their sense of belonging in 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 a community. Um, it was something I heard from from you, know, um, you folks earlier on. I heard it from New Mexico Dream Team when I when I first met with them, and it was something that came up throughout the convening. Is is really really the 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 strength and power of a collective voice that that is that exists in in all the organizations. And you, 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 I mean, we all, we all have to do this. You believe in a better future. You know, um, that is something that, that is, that is, you know, common throughout. Um, and, and I'm, I'm just happy to be able to be a part of, of seeing what you're doing. Um, Scott, you mentioned the New Mexico organizations, but in the convening, there were people also that were not from New Mexico. I'd like to hear more about those organizations or partners too. 
Oh, let's see. I see this this is this is like the award ceremony part, right? Where you're supposed to list everyone you say if I and if I've forgotten anybody, <laughs> it's not it's not because, you know, just remember. Um so uh Youth Empower Solutions, which is part of the 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 partnership for Southern Equity in Georgia, um, they are a um they, they're relatively new within the within PSC as they're known. But they are really working um, one to become uh, integrated into into the partnership for Southern Equity, and and just like every other organization um, at being embedded, they're working to inform the policy changes that need to be that need to be seen for equity throughout the South. Um, the New Orleans Youth Alliance, uh, based in New Orleans, they have a they have a range of programming efforts. Um, including a re-engagement center, um, but they also do youth advocacy and have been very, very involved in, with the the New Orleans Youth Youth Action Plan um, and and seeing through its implementation. Uh, they also have a fellowship program uh, that that where you you know young people come in with an with an idea and and uh, they receive technical assistance and and you know interact with uh, with leaders and do a capstone project. Um, Opportunity Youth United, if, uh, they have uh, nearly two dozen chapters around the country uh, where where they are work, working in places and, and really, really strengthening youth voice and agency and advocacy in those places. Um, uh, JOLT um, in Texas, uh, which is a Latino Latinx uh, organization that is, that is very much uh, focused around building um, youth agency and voice through college chapter engagement, um, but but really, um, it's, you know, working with, and they really do work with youth and young adults. I mean, with uh, with organizing at quinceañeras, uh, you know, uh, you know, where they, where they really start to introduce their work and 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 their and their and their voice, um, it, you know, in those places, and really trying to organize um, and and um, help to secure policy change throughout the state of Texas and beyond. Uh, the the uh, NACASEC. Uh, the the, uh, the Center for Native American Youth, um, uh, which is another group that we work with, uh, you know, that, that are really focused on youth and young adults and indigenous communities. They had done some great work last year, um, particularly around um, having a a, um, a Native Youth Summit um, at the White House. Um, uh, um, NACASEC is, you know, lots of groups who have been working on immigrant rights. Um, um, the the stopping Asian hate work uh, that is very necessary in the United States. So so it's a wide range of groups, uh, mostly in the South and Southwest. But you know, like OYU with, with chapters around the country, we had people from Oakland and Boston and Buffalo um, uh, that that are that are that are doing the the, the brave and necessary work um, to to make sure that youth voice is 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 both heard and heard and acted upon. I love New Mexico and I talked about how resilient we are, but we are stronger when we are united and each of the states have their beauty and their good things. So it's really amazing to have all of these organizations come together and come up with great things. Um, are there any additional highlights from the convening that you'd like to share with us? Oh boy. I would say, um, um, and it's funny. So this this is a 2020 to 22 little story. Um, when I when we came in 2020, 
we met with uh, Partnership for Community Action in, in their old building. And we had seen this vision for the new community center. Um, uh, in April of 2022, when I met with you and, and, and Roberta, uh, um, just before I met with, with you folks, I, um, I did a drive, drive pass and I saw the building and I popped in and saw Michelle um, and, and, and she gave me a tour of the building and I saw the community space. And I was like, this is great. This is this is exactly this is exactly what we need. Can we use this when we come here? <laughs> um, so I, I just wanted to give a shout out to PCA, um, really, for uh, for for the beautiful facility that they gave us access to. Um, uh, and and um, I would say, <laughs> oh gosh, the highlights, the hot. So one of the other highlights um, was uh, we spent four hours, um, thanks to NM Dream Team, uh, doing the story of self. It was spirited. It was challenging. It was thoughtful. It was um, unifying. Um, but it 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 really um, helped to make us understand that 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 as as unique as we are in our own experiences our uniqueness um it also has a shared humanity to them are there any final thoughts that you would like to share scott so first of all thank you uh for this opportunity uh and thank you for the opportunity you know that, that is going to be extended to the other partners in in this work to sort of share their stories with you um it has been a joy uh working with it, it's actually a joy and a privilege uh to to work with with uh the groups of folks that we've gotten a chance to to uh, meet over the past couple of years and i only look forward to more i really do only look forward to, to more with with everyone it has been also amazing to be partners with the annie casey foundation but with you scott you have always let us know how much you value your work and and recognize um how hard production is and you share our work with people. So thank you so much. Where can people find more information about the Annie Casey Foundation? Uh, you can find more information online at www.aecf.org. Thank you so much for speaking with Generation Justice today. This was Scott Spencer, the Associate Director for Local Policy at the Annie Casey Foundation. Thank you so much again, Scott. Thanks so much, Barbara. For Generation Justice, I'm Barbara Ramirez. You're listening to Generation Justice. Tonight, we focus on community. We learn about the mission of the Annie E. Casey Foundation, highlights of their 2022 gathering that took place here in Albuquerque, and we uplift the essential work of three grantee organizations funded by the Annie E. Casey Foundation. In New Mexico, the Annie E. Casey Foundation has made a tremendous impact for our progress and well-being. They support several groups in our state, including New Mexico Voices for Children, who bring us the annual Kids Count data books, the New Mexico Dream Team, Partnership for Community Action, as well as the Southwest Organizing Project, and many more. In the spirit of transparency, Generation Justice is also one of many groups that have been supported by the NEE Casey Foundation. 
Tonight, we bring you a wonderful discussion with Ahmad Lott from the New Orleans Youth Alliance, or NOYA, Jessica Daniels, Director of Yes for Equity at Partnership for Southern Equity, and Daniel Robles of Jolt Action, Texas. This is Barbara Ramirez with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with Ahmad Lott, the Fellowship Coordinator at the New Orleans Youth Alliance, or NOYA. NOYA is the youth development intermediary for the greater New Orleans area. They work to cultivate a system of high-quality, well-resourced youth development organizations that center youth leadership and racial equity. I am also joined by Jessica Daniels, Director of Yes for Equity at Partnership for Southern Equity, or PSE. Partnership for Southern Equity advances policies and institutional actions that promote racial equity and shared prosperity for all in the growth of metropolitan Atlanta and the American South. And Daniel Robles, Deputy Field Organizer at Jolt Action Texas. Jolt brings Latinos together across Texas to win on the issues that matter. Jolt stands for the community, families, and parents who work hard to give their children a better life. Ahmad, Jessica, and Daniel, welcome to Generation Justice. Thank you for having me. I love talking about Jolt and what we do. Thank you for having me, Barbara. So nice to be with you. Please tell us more about yourselves and about the mission of each of your organizations. So uh, my name is Matlad. I am Matlad. Um, I am 28 years old. I currently live in New Orleans, Louisiana. I've been living here for about 10 or so years, since 2010 or so. Um, I work with the Noisy Alliance, of course. I got into the fields of nonprofit and um, youth, youth engagement, youth leadership work, actually through an internship at Liberty's Kitchen, which is a workforce development culinary program here in New Orleans that um, you know gives young people culinary skills alongside different what they call soft skills or like, you know, people, interpersonal skills to be able to take on challenges. So I did an internship there through um, through the YMP, YMVP program, the Young Men's Voice Center Power Internship Program, which was, I think, an initiative um, through the Foundation for Louisiana, um, something like that. And um yeah, I saw how great the program was, how it was able to transform the lives of young people. And so I participated in the program after I did the internship. And that's how I found out about NOYA. Um, I applied for the NOYA Fellowship in 2019 for their first cohort. And fast forward a couple of years later, different job experiences. And now I'm the fellowship coordinator here at the Nolan Soup Alliance. That's kind of the uh, short and sweet version of it. Thank you so much for sharing that, Ahmad. Jessica? My name is Jessica Daniels. Um, and as you said, I'm the director of Yes for Equity, which is the youth power building arm of the Partnership for Southern Equity. Um, I have been a director at the organization for about three years now. And I have been working in youth power building for about six years now, um, working as a um, ally to young people ages 16 to 24 who are really interested in changing the world. Um, and so my work has really been about figuring out ways to help 
young people to live into their power, um, operate in a way that is authentic, um, and also creating opportunities for young people to build on their lived experiences to advance racial equity um, in the community. So I have about 25 years experience doing work in communities. Um, I live in Atlanta uh, and have been here for about 25 years um, and really think that this work is the, some of the most important work that I have done um, since I've started my career. Um, I'm a child psychologist by training um, and really ex utilize that work all the time, um, that skill set all the time. But I do have a real heart for working with young people and really creating opportunities for them to grow and thrive and succeed. Jessica, it's so great to have you here. Thank you for sharing. Daniel Robles, what about you? I'd love to learn more about who you are and Jolt Action Texas. Um, I would consider myself a very uh, political person with uh, strong opinions and uh, just a sense of altruism as well. Uh, I love helping helping people, so uh, it fits in this line of work. So for Jolt, our mission is to uplift Latinos all around Texas um, because we've seen uh, throughout history that Latinos are just left behind uh, by like our government and people in power. And so we'd want to just push uh, Latinos into positions of power, but also uplift them and their vote. Um, which is like the most important thing for Joel is the Latino vote and getting people engaged. Thank you so much, Daniel. Last year, each of your organizations attended the Annie E. Casey convening here in Albuquerque. Please share some of the highlights from the convening with us. Let's start with you, Ahmad. I think the, the biggest highlight was sort of the camaraderie that was built, um, you know, just being with other like-minded young people from across the, you know, across the country and um, just being able to participate in amazing conversations and see different perspectives, um, look at like how we fight sort of the same issues just from different angles and just knowing that, you know, we're not in this fight alone and that the importance of for these convenings is sort of a reminder that, you know, we're always more stronger together than we are separate and that, you know, we're, we're never in this fight alone. And um, one of like, besides the beauty of the city of Albuquerque um, and just the, the surroundings, it's just um, remembering that, that sense of camaraderie and that sense of togetherness and um, feeling that power that that, that, that energy had. I think was one of the most touching things. Thank you, Ahmad. I definitely agree with you. Jessica, what was the highlight for you? Well, it was an amazing experience. Um, I was, I consider myself an adult ally. And so I was in the room with a bunch of amazingly brilliant young people um, and so I was I, I do do that work every single day. I have an a great an amazing team of youth um, 
organizers that I work with every single day, but it was really nice to be in a room with organizers that are come, were coming from all over the, the United States um, and hearing how much our stories and the, and the things that we are trying to um, change in our communities are somewhat similar but then there are also some things that are really different and unique. And it was really good to hear the strategies that the young um, organizers and people who were there, how they were actually trying to approach the change that they wanted to see in their communities. I also think that what was powerful about the convening was that it was the first convening that I had gone to post COVID. Um, and so, it was so nice to be in the room with people and feel people's energy. Um, and it was, it was so interesting that it's kind of like all of our, um, all of us kind of felt like this deep connection, I believe to each other, just because it had been so long since we've done something like that before it was really easy for us to kind of build um, bridges to each other in that space. Plus the facilitators were exceptional. So um, I do think that the work of Annie E. Casey in this particular cohort has the potential to do some amazing work just because there was so much alignment with our us all having the same mindset to kind of push the work forward of equity. Um, and so that part of it was really powerful. I also think that the um, event was amazing in that everybody came as their authentic self. It's something that happened in COVID where people are like, I don't got time to be fake or phony. I'm just coming as I am. And I love that. I mean, the authenticity of our cohort was really, really powerful. And I thought it was a really great time together. Something that Scott um, talked about um, and I saw kind of reflected throughout the entire time was this whole idea around bravery. Um, I kept on thinking during the time that one of the facilitators was speaking, um, he was so real and so authentic and so brave to share his story about his life, about his journey, about how he arrived to be the facilitator of this session that we were in. I think I'll remember that for the rest of, I mean, for the rest of my life, only because it challenged me so much to be brave and authentic in my work and what it is that I do and how I show up and really bring my own story and that my story has value and that somebody, as soon as I start opening my mouth to share my story, somebody feels liberated to do the same. And, and I think that's where we get connected as humans. That's where we get connected. That's where we can see each other's needs clearly that's where love can thrive. I believe that that's where connected, connectivity can happen in a way that is um, really, really hard to do, um, but it's so worth it. 
Yes, that story of self was so beautiful and so powerful. Daniel, what will you remember 10 years from now, from the 2022 Annie E. Casey convening? The conference was very um, eye-opening um, because I am very new to this work. I had have just uh, graduated from Texas A&M. So this is really my first professional job, in a sense, and in this field, right? So um, it was very eye-opening to see what different regions do and how they handle, like, the issues that are specific to their regions as, as well, um, because the issues affecting people in New Mexico are very different from the ones affecting people in Texas. So it was very interesting to see, like, how people write policy and learning how they tackle certain issues uh, regarding certain events that occurred last year or in the past. Um, that was that was the most satisfying like takeaway from that was just seeing the different perspectives because we all kind of do the same work. Um, we just approach it differently and it was interesting to see everyone's take on it. The highlight of the conference for me would definitely have to be when I learned of uh, someone's method about engaging their community regarding a certain event that occurred uh, during that time. Uh, he had developed kind of a new way of like engaging people and making sure that they became engaged with him and in doing so, he was able to help them, right? Because he wanted to uh, find solutions to a certain issue in their community. And what he did was like develop the method um, on how to engage uh, these community members in a way that like, it felt like he was there to actually help them, you know, because a lot of times when we go out to certain communities, uh, and I've experienced it here in Houston, um, people think that we want something from them, or like we're trying to sell them something or, you know, uh, so like when I ask people for the registered to vote or something, it's really hard to get them engaged with that. Because a lot of times they'll ask, well, why? And it's very hard to start a conversation that way. Um, but this person from the conference um, told us that simply all he did was uh, set up in front of uh, this place where an event occurred. And uh, what he did was just try to have normal conversations with people and was just writing down what they said. He was just letting them know that he was there to help. He was a part of an organization that was able to help. And uh, he just like wrote down the responses. I think that will be something that's gonna stick with me because it felt very personal to him. You could tell like he really cared about his community and his community was hurting. So, you know, just that method of, of altruism to me is special because I like helping people too. Um, but finding new ways to to engage people and let them know that um, you're there to help. And it's important to me, especially because in our line of work at Joel, asking people to register to vote, sometimes we engage people who are not citizens or who are immigrants. And it's really hard to, I wanna be able to help them. I wanna be able to register them to vote, but I can't, right? So. You know, it's always kind of like an awkward, you know, all right, well, have a good day, I guess, you know, that kind of thing. But finding yeah. new ways to engage with those people uh, is something that really matters to me, especially as a Latino uh, who comes from uh, a family of immigrants. It, it mattered to me a lot. 
Thank you for sharing the highlight, Daniel, and why this was so important for you as a Latino. The cohort of Annie Casey grantees that met in New Mexico named ourselves the CCP, or Cohort of Collective People. Why is it important to bring youth-serving organizations together the way that Scott Spencer is doing at the Annie Casey Foundation? Um, just for, for best practices, you know, um, we have a, a uh, thing here in New Orleans called the Youth Program Quality Initiative, where we work with the Weikart Center to um, do professional development for youth serving organizations. And I think the convening um, and the any Casey convening is sort of a similar thing, you know, while we're not really doing direct like professional development, like we're still developing professionally by um, speaking with one another about how we carry out our work. And it's like, if you know you work with young people in a certain capacity and you find that these certain things work when it comes to outreach and you know we're having trouble with outreach, we're like we're able to, you know, sort of exchange those things like and support one another and kind of uplift one another like as we develop as organizations. In my opinion, if what we are doing is trying to live in this idea of equity, which really is a way in which we can show that all people have the right to live, to thrive, to succeed, to prosper, the only way that we can really do that effectively is if we are talking to young people. Because systematically, young people are left out of the conversation. Not by any fault of their own, not because they, are, they don't add value. It's just that adults somehow forget when they are in power that young people have a voice that is valuable. We have all benefited from youth-led movements. There's not a soul in this country that has not benefited from young people basically doing the work that adults don't do. Young people, when they show up to spaces, they fight for their lives. They have less or being, they are less seen as people with agendas. They have a way of talking to truth to power in a way that is life-changing. And so it behooves us in the equity business who have the ability to um, dictate who is around the table to make sure that young people are represented, especially Black youth and youth of color, because the data supports the fact that young people of color are experiencing inequities in ways that their white counterparts are not. And if we can't bring them to the table and ask them to have a voice and really take their voice seriously and allow for those voices to shape our work, in my opinion, I believe we're not doing the work of equity. If we are doing the work of equity, we are taking the most vulnerable, the most marginalized amongst us, and we are listening to them. And we don't do enough of that. 
So I think the work of what Annie Casey is doing is really a powerful way in which the work of equity can be advanced in our in the United States. Well, I feel like it's important to have these kind of youth driven organizations participate in something like this because we only benefit from sharing knowledge and sharing like our methodologies for engaging communities and even writing policy um because like for example writing policy isn't something that is my like um area of expertise and uh so it, it was interesting and useful to learn about that process and actually getting into it knowing the details um and i feel like it allows us youth to be able to become more well-rounded and in doing so allows us to do better work in the future uh for you know if we decide to stay with our organization or move on to another one hold an office something like that it's all useful to know how to deal with communities because at the end of the day whatever we do if we stay in this line of work we are always going to engage communities and uh hopefully positively right what is your message to Scott Spencer, James, and the Annie Casey Foundation? Your message to Scott, James, and the Annie Casey Foundation: uh, Keep up the good work. Um, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Um, like keep keep looking for for young people who are doing the work. Um, just keep an open ear, open eyes, and open hearts. You know, like. Yeah, I I appreciate the work that the foundation has been doing and the, the very fact that they've been able to carry our work forward in a much more meaningful and um a much more meaningful and like intentional way. So just like helping to build upon what they've built so far and just kind of just keeping us in the loop and you know just keep helping us to to pay and to to work with young people, you know. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Not enough people are doing what they're doing. Keep leaning into youth power and being a ally to youth who are trying to make a change in the world. Well, I want to say thank you first. Um, it was a very moving conference for me. Uh, like I said, before, um, especially just starting this line of work, uh, I've only been in it for a year. Um, it was very touching and um, motivational, I would say, to be in that space with all these organizations together. And it's an incredible thing to be able to have all these organizations in one place, share knowledge, uh, it's something that I really think was invaluable to me uh, professionally and even personally, too. So um, I really appreciate the opportunity. Any final thoughts you'd like to add? Um, no, but thank you so much for inviting me to have this conversation. You made a mention about like a lot of the bad stuff going on in the world earlier. And it's like, yeah, you know, there's there's so much that you could just look and see that's like just not going right, whether it be um, issues in women's health or whether it be the teaching of uh, black history, AP curriculums, like 
things that we know are sort of actively undermining our democracy, like one of the most important aspects about the work that we do and being able to come together and um, sharing information, these interviews is the fact that, you know, we're all coming together against these, you know, seemingly impossible to fight against forces, but an acknowledgement of our own power and the realization that we do have power, like it's, it's monumental to, to like hold that in place and find ways of keeping that same energy of wanting to create change, of wanting to move forward in spite of whatever, you know, news or media may say. So if I had anything to say, it's just like, um, you know, like making sure that, you know, we all keep our heads up while, you know, we do this work and that we don't let the the world of of trouble, of mess, of, of inequity sort of weigh us down when we, when we know that we have a light that we can carry forward. I'd like to add that all the organizations that were chosen to participate um, were very fitting. And like I, like I said before, I, I really appreciate this um, kind of meshing of ideas and organizations together because really what connected us all was this feeling of altruism uh, because we all love helping people and we're in the line of work of helping people, right? And so like the experience of learning how, you know, someone from New York helps their community, someone from New Mexico, what you guys are doing down there, uh, it is something really special. And I think I look forward to in the future very much. Where can people find more information about New Orleans Youth Alliance, Partnership for Southern Equity, and Jolt Action Texas? So we just got our uh, our official website. You can type in noia.org, N-O-Y-A.org, and it'll take you right to our website. Um, it used to be the neworleansyouthalliance.org, the whole thing, but now we, we were able to finally secure noia.org. And that will take us right to um, our website where you can see all the amazing things that we're doing. Besides the youth leadership program, we, we are currently piloting a re-engagement center where we're connecting young people 16 to 24 to job opportunities, uh, programs, removing barriers, just helping young people get connected to what they need to be successful. We also have our youth program quality initiative where we work with um, We'll work with youth serving organizations across the city to help them develop their um, develop their develop their skills when working with young people. We also have our rebuilding our village youth fund, which we granted about ten organizations uh, led by young people grant money to be able to work on on different subject areas in the city. So yeah, you can check all that out. There's probably a few things that I. I didn't mention, but that's all on our website. And yeah, you know, just check us out. Um, we, we were doing great work and thank you for allowing me the opportunity to, to speak today. They can go on our website at psequity.org. So we are on Instagram. We also have, you know, our, our Jolt Initiative websites. Um, on our Instagram, we're posting all the time of like places we're at, different events and stuff, uh, registering people to vote. 
Um, we're also on TikTok too. So that was that's something new. But so on TikTok, our handle is at Jolt Action, all one word. And then on Instagram, uh, you can find us at Jolt underscore Action. I want to thank each of you, Ahmad Laud, Jessica Daniels, and Daniel Robles, for speaking with us today, for being so open about the mission and the purpose of why you do this work, for sharing about what you're excited about, for the core of collective people, talking about the Albuquerque convening that each of you attended last year. It has truly been an honor and a privilege to speak with you and learn about the work that you're doing in each of your states. I feel inspired. I feel empowered and very proud to know that DJ is part of this effort, national effort, and to know that together we can make a great change and we are stronger united. I'm very excited and like Scott said earlier, we have things in common and one of those things is bravery and courage. And it's just been really great to talk with each of you today. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. For Generation Justice, I'm Barbara Ramirez. Now we bring you our weekly calendar segment hosted by Generation Justice interns Sunandita Santanam and Zan Dixon. Welcome to GJ's weekly calendar. I'm Zan Dixon. And I'm Sunandita Santanam. We have some exciting Earth Day events to share with you. What's coming up? The Council of Albuquerque Garden Clubs is having a spring plant sale. Join them for their spring plant sale, where you can purchase homegrown vegetables, herbs, and other plants produced by local farmers. This event will take place Friday, April 21st from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday the 22nd from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the Albuquerque Garden Center. The Albuquerque Garden Center is located at 10120 Lomas Boulevard. And for more information about this plant sale, you can call the Albuquerque Garden Club at 505-296-6020. Again, you can call the Albuquerque Garden Club at 505-296-6020 for more information. What other ways can I celebrate Earth Day? Well, Zan, the Pauline Marketplace is hosting a spring market for Earth Day. There will be art from local artists, food and drinks, as well as live music and so much more. From 10 to 3 on Saturday the 22nd, come to the Pauline Marketplace located at 8600 Pan American Freeway Northeast to come celebrate. Where can we learn more about this event? For more information, you can visit PaulineMarketplace.com or call 505-880- Two five five five. Again, that's five zero five eight eight zero two five five five, or you can visit PaulineMarketplace.com. How else can I get involved with the Earth Day celebrations in my community? You can join in the Earth Day festivities at the Vegan Village Earth Day celebration. This event will be held at the ABQ Collective on April twenty second. 
Celebrate Earth Day and the opening of the new Vegan Village venue with the folks of the Vegan Village and Plant Powered New Mexico. The event starts at 4 p.m. at the ABQ Collective, located at 1321 Eubank Boulevard. And if you'd like to learn more, you can visit veganvillage.com or email plantpoweredeventsnm at gmail.com. Again, you can email plantpoweredeventsnm at gmail.com or go to the Vegan Village website at veganvillage.com. Remember that if you are venturing out into the community, it is still important that you are practicing social distancing protocols to help keep you and your community safe. That's all for our community calendar. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you've enjoyed this hour of community and leadership. We'd like to thank our guests, Ahmad Lott, Jessica Daniels, and Daniel Robles. A special thank you to our guests, Scott Spencer, James Crowder, and the Annie E. Casey Foundation. Tonight's hour of radio was produced by Roberta Rael and myself, Barbara Ramirez, with production assistance from Sunandita Santanam. We want to give a big shout out to all of our youth producers. We could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org. We're also active on social media. Find us on Facebook and Instagram, and don't forget to follow our playlist on Spotify. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation with additional funding from the Annie E. Casey Foundation, Con Alma Health Foundation, the New Mexico Department of Health Infectious Disease Bureau, through the Better Together Program and Office of School and Adolescent Health, as well as the City of Albuquerque, Race Forward, Media Justice, and of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. I'm Barbara Ramirez. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Good night, New Mexico, and be safe.